Welcome to the New Little Life Podcast. My name is Allison. I'm a lactation consultant, a breast pump expert, and a mom of three little boys. Here on the podcast, we talk with real moms and experts about breastfeeding and pumping. This podcast is designed to help you feel supported by other moms who are doing exactly what you're doing, to get tips and tricks on breastfeeding, and learn how to efficiently navigate pumping while going back to work. All right, welcome back to the New Little Life podcast. We are still in season two here, which means that we are talking to working moms. Uh, this has been a really fun thing for me. We've had some moms on here. We've had some professionals. We've had a little bit of both. It's funny when you start talking to working moms, you end up finding a lot of moms that are doing some really cool things. And Bethany today is no exception. She is a mom of two uh, uh, children, ages seven and two. She's also an IVCLC, which is fun. I always like it when I get to talk to professionals in this space who have actually done what we're trying to help others to. I think it brings a unique perspective on not only motherhood, but you know, breastfeeding and you know, I'll only speak for myself when when I say that even as a trained professional, breastfeeding and pumping especially is not always easy. And it, we often have the same struggles that you do. I know I did. So I'm really looking forward to talking with Bethany today and hearing what her experience was like. So welcome to the podcast, Bethany. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Let's just jump right in and start. Like, tell us about your first one. What were you doing for work? What was that like? Breastfeeding? I think you went back to work after that. So let's just start there and see where we go. Yeah. So I was working in a medical office doing some billing, coding, denials, insurance, all the fun stuff. Um, and so I had to go back to work at 12 weeks. I was I say lucky, but we shouldn't have to be lucky to be able to go back at 12 weeks. Um, but I was lucky enough to be able to take 12 weeks off. And um, I started back right on the dot at 12 weeks. She started daycare. So we started bottles and pumping and all of that stuff. Um, and she was actually in the NICU for a short amount of time. She came about a month early. So my journey got started with pumping for a NICU baby and learning as I went because I had not taken a breastfeeding class or a childbirth education class and you know her crib was still not put together and all the things <laughs> um so I was just like winging it and luckily I had a really supportive husband that helped with the pumping um otherwise I don't know that I would have continued doing that um but yeah she went back to daycare and that brought its own set of challenges, um, you know, just because for me, and I'm sure for a lot of people, it is a lot easier to just nurse your baby and not have to worry about how much is coming out and <laughs> all of those things. Um, so we had a couple of hurdles because at the time I didn't know that I was allowed to have a place to pump that was not a bathroom. Um, so I was waiting for the only single bathroom in the office to become available for me to go pump because it had a sink and a chair in there. Uh, but there were times that I pumped in a bathroom stall with my little battery pack and trying to be as like clean as I could. And, um, finally someone, what I was like, my daughter was nine months old. They told my boss like, Hey, you know, um, legally you have to give her a place to pump. And so they immediately found me an office. And um, then I kind of went through the things that I feel like a lot of people go through, like making sure your 
wearing easily accessible clothing for when you're pumping because it's freezing in a medical office and making sure you lock the door so someone doesn't just come in while you're completely, you know, like topless if you didn't wear the right <laughs> things so yep, like that. Yep. Um, and yeah, so and so obviously I had some hits to my supply because for a while I wasn't pumping at similar times. Um, or able to pump for as long as I needed to. Um, so things got a little better after that person spoke up for me. So I'm very grateful to them. Um, Who but was then, this person was this like a coworker or a female? Yeah, yeah, she was a coworker, and she had not been there very long. And we were doing our like mid year reviews, and um, she and I would eat in the break room together, and so she knew I was pumping, and um, she just said something and I'm very grateful for her because I did I wasn't educated back then about it I didn't know and if it wasn't for her I would have been pumping in the bathroom stall still and uh dealing with supply issues from not being able to pump when I needed to and pumping on everyone else's bathroom schedule you know (laughs) that's so crazy so you just you didn't know it was just you had no clue that you could ask did you do you remember asking for like, where am I supposed to pump? Or did you just go back and we're like, I'm just going to take care of this on my own and I'll figure it out. I just went back. Uh, not um, to speak negatively about anyone else, but I worked with a lot of older women who thought that it was even weird that I was keeping my milk in the refrigerator in the break room. Sure. Um, and I didn't have it out or anything, which not that it should matter. Like, just don't drink my milk. I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> Your um, lunch is in there too. This is my oh, baby lunch. Like, exactly. it's fine. <laughs> um, so I did get a little like cooler thing. And so it was in a bag, but um, you know, and they would make comments like, oh, your baby's how old and you're still pumping? Like you need to stop doing it. So it wasn't like, super supportive (laughs) um in there and so yeah just me not knowing um the laws or you know even thinking to ask to me at that time which I think is crazy now uh, but at that time it was like oh they're letting me take time to go and do this how nice Um, of them yeah (laughs) yeah, so I don't mean to push it you know what I mean um so I am very very thankful to that person she probably saved my breastfeeding journey if I'm being honest because I don't know that I would have been able to keep doing that you know I was having supply hits and um you know supplementing with a little bit of formula which is like fine but it wasn't what I was wanting to do and so that was taking a toll on me emotionally as well um and I think that's something that's not really talked about a lot is like the emotional aspect of that um and yeah, so I'm very thankful to her. She made things a lot easier for me. <laughs> it's crazy. I think this happens a lot. Like, and you said once she went to the employer and was like, "Hey, you got to find her space." They quickly did that. I think a lot of employers will do that, but you do have yeah. to ask. And um I think that's an important thing to know. They're not just going to they don't necessarily know how to handle lactating women. Um yeah. but if you go in and say, "Hey, I'm pumping. I need a space to do that. I would say a lot of employers will help accommodate that. And if they won't, then you can say, well, legally you have to, and here's the law. And then they definitely will. Yeah. And I think maybe like, honestly, my manager probably didn't know, but like 
everyone in that office knew I was breastfeeding because I've never been like quiet about it. I'm like, this is what I'm doing. This is, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and so everyone knew I was breastfeeding and that's what the lady kind of brought up. She was like, you know, she's pumping and she's pumping in a bathroom because you haven't given her a place to pump. And they were like, oh, and she was like, yeah. And it's legally, you have to give her a place to pump. And then that's kind of like what jumped in them. And they were like, yes, here's this office. Um, And so it was great to have that space, but it was also like completely across this really large building. And then I had to get in an elevator and go up to the third floor. And so like my pumping times were taking like 25 minutes just because (laughs) I was having to go and do all of that. But at, at that time, I was just like, look, I've got a pumping space. They're letting me do this, you know. Um, on the clock. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to take it and take this as a win. So did you notice your supply got a little bit better once you could start pumping more consistently? Yes, more consistently and not um, feeling like I needed to be rushed because I could hear people like, you know, turning knobs, seeing if they can go in. Um, So I didn't feel rushed. And so I was able to actually like relax and not just be like staring at the bottles and looking at how much time has passed. So that did help a lot. Yeah. You mentioned the emotional aspect of having to supplement your baby with a little bit of formula. I'd love to dive into that. I had the same thing when I went back to work after my first, I pumped and I breastfed did all the stuff, but we did have to supplement a little bit again, which is totally fine. It just wasn't what I wanted. And I remember being really frustrated about it too. So I'd love to hear your kind of experience with that as well. Yeah, I just, um, it's crazy because I did not grow up seeing other people in my family breastfeed. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, my sibling, like, I am the oldest of all of my siblings, and I'm 10 years older than my youngest brothers. And my mom, we talk about it now because I mean, everything in my head is breastfeeding all the time. So, right. yeah. um, and she's like, you know, I tried with them a couple for a couple of weeks, but like, undiagnosed tongue tie all the things. Um, and so she just switched to formula. She had other kids. It was easier. It was less stressful for her. She didn't know where to get help, all of the things, um, that normally happen. (laughs) And so I didn't grow up like seeing that. And so what made me decide I was going to breastfeed was like maybe a year before I got pregnant. Um, I'd started doing some research on all the things that were like in our foods and skincare and all of that stuff. And so I tried to start living like a more natural lifestyle. Um, And so when I got pregnant, I was like, I mean, obviously like breastfeeding, you know, like that's what I'm going to do. But I knew nothing about it, like, except that your body made milk, you know. Um, So going into it, that was that was my mindset was like, this is why I'm doing it. But I I had no idea what I was doing. I had no education on it whatsoever. Um, And then, you know, we got hit with an early baby and NICU and having to pump at first. And I was like, none of this is happening. (laughs) Like I planned for it to happen. Like it's not, I'm a planner and that's really hard when it comes to like breastfeeding. Like, yeah, you like type A does not work really well. It's (laughs) definitely harder. (laughs) Um, And so I think that's part of it too. But, you know, after we got through those initial hurdles and, you know, once we got home from the hospital, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to set my goal as tomorrow, tomorrow, if I can make it till tomorrow, that's great. Um, And then it became like a week or once she became a month old, I was like, okay, I'm going to try to do this until I go back to work. And then that came and I decided to, you know, 
keep pushing my goals further and further. And so then I just got it in my head. Like I'm also very stubborn. So like when I want to do something, like that's not always a great trait of mine, (laughs) but when I want to do something, like I want to do it, I'm going to work to make it happen. And so I just got it in my head after those first few months, like this is what I'm doing. I'm going to do it at least until she's a year old. I love doing it. She loved it. Like it was a very emotional bonding thing for us when we were able to do it together at home, you know, like because after daycare all day, luckily she did great at daycare and the daycare workers were awesome for the most part. And, but then you can tell when we got back home and she got to nurse, you could like feel her little body relax and those little eyes are rolling in the back of her head and she's like holding onto my hair. And so it was a very emotional thing for me. And when I had to start supplementing, I was like, this is not what I wanted to do. Like, and Part of it was frustration because I knew on the weekends or holidays when we were at home together, she got everything she needed. She was satisfied. And so I was like, this is only happening while I'm away from her. And so it was emotional in that aspect. And then you start getting in your head with the mom guilt, like, you know, I shouldn't even be working right now. I should be home with her. Like, I shouldn't be sending her to daycare for someone else to take care of her. Like all the things we get in our heads about And so that just really contributed to it being like a super emotional thing. And my husband, um, he knows more supportive things to say now, but back then he was like, well, if it's this stressful, why don't you just stop? You know, but like, that's not what I wanted to hear. Like stop breastfeeding? Yeah. He was like, if if it's taking this kind of toll on you and you're worried about how much you're making at work. And I was like, that's not what I want to do though. My problem is I'm not able to get enough at work. And to add on to that, we had one of the daycare workers say that I wasn't sending her enough. Um, Now I know I was sending her enough. Um, But for like a week, every time my husband would go pick her up, they would be like, you got to send her more. You got to send her more. And, you know, they weren't paste bottle feeding. They didn't realize that, you know, babies who only get formula get a much higher volume a lot of the time than babies who are just getting breast milk and, that after a certain period, you don't have to increase breast milk and all the things that I know, you know, but, um, and for a week they were like, you have to send more. And so I was like killing myself trying to pump more. Yeah. Like actually increasing your supply. Cause your supply was probably fine, yeah. but exactly. they're asking for more. So we got to like, Oh my gosh. Yes. It's a downward spiral. <laughs> yeah. And so in a week I went from thinning like 12 ounces cause she was away from me for like eight hours 12 ounces to finally I got up to 16 ounces. And on that last day, I'm glad I wasn't the one that picked her up because I would have cried. They were like, nope, this still isn't enough. I was like, there's no way. There's no way. And so luckily I had a knowledgeable and supportive pediatrician. I just reached out to her and she was like, 12 ounces is plenty for her during that day. And so I put a little note inside of her <laughs> lunchbox. And I was like, Hey, says, yeah. I was like, pediatrician says this is fine. This is how much we're sending her. Um, and then I let them know about like pace bottle feeding and things like that. And then I never heard anything else. And so my stress level went down a little bit, but it was just things like that, that contributed to like stress and all kinds of emotions. And um, so that first journey was a little bit of a doozy for me, for sure. I can relate to so many parts of that. My first was very similar. Like I had, I actually had a problem with using the pump effectively. Like the milk was there, but I couldn't get it all out. And I could, could not 
for the life of me figure out what the heck there was a lot of things going wrong um but same thing i wasn't sending enough i knew i wasn't sending enough but <laughs> oh my gosh just and the mom girl i didn't like my job either i don't know if you enjoyed what oh, you were working but like, that con- made it so much worse because <laughs> i'm like yeah i hate being here i hate leaving my baby I yeah. want to keep breastfeeding and I'm, I'm the same as you. I'm like, I'm going to do this whether yeah. it is easy or not. So, yeah. oh, but I had no help. I didn't know who to ask. Yeah. I didn't, I mean, it's hard, especially the first one. I'm the same as you, the second, and you know, I've had, I've three got easier yeah. each time, but that first one. And I feel like I, so I have a, um, my program where I work with moms is called pumping for working moms and first time moms are some of my favorite because really it just, it is hard and little things come up like this one week where all of a sudden you're not making enough milk. I think my, your first thought is like, I have low supply, so I need yes. supplements and I need like cookies and like, yes. I got a power pump oh, and stuff, but you didn't have low supply. There was another problem here. And I think that kind of having those realistic expectations, whenever you combine breastfeeding and pumping, and you know, this as an IBCLC and a, and a mother as well your supply looks different when it's managed by two different things. And we're not going to have like copious amounts of milk like you can if you're exclusively pumping because you have all the control. Um, But when you're splitting it, it looks so different. And it's so hard even like to increase four ounces in a week, like good for you because that is really, Uh, really hard when you're breastfeeding and pumping. Yeah, I was pumping at home. I was pumping between Oh, I bet you were. (laughs) Not to mention, like, I was totally wearing the wrong flange sizes, but back then I, it came with my pump. So that's same. what I knew, right? Same, like, the same thing. Yep. So I look back now and I'm like, man, things could have been so much easier if I just knew what I knew now. <laughs> yeah. So you, you hit the nail on the head with the like high stress, low paying job. And I was constantly like doing a budget to like figure out if I could quit this job. <laughs> yes. I did the same thing. You know, funny thing about stress is it can also um, mess with your milk supply. So, you know, it was just a little fun little circle we were going in with all of those things. And um, second time around, it was completely different for me, which was wonderful. I was at a new job who um, they were very supportive of parents and we get a lot of paid time off because at my other job, um, we had to use our own PTO time for holidays where the whole business was closed. Um, and Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. On top of that, we didn't get a lot to begin with. And then I came back from maternity leave in October, right before all the holidays. And so that was just a mess for me. And so this other job, like we got a lot of time off. And on top of that, we got a lot of PTO and we didn't have to use our personal time for when the business was closed and I had my own office where I could just shut my door and pump when I needed to. But, you know, my second was born at the height of COVID. Um, So he was born in July of 2020. And while I wouldn't say that was a good thing, we were remote for the first year. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I got to take a regular maternity leave. So I took I think I only took eight weeks off and I came back part time, but I did that voluntarily because it was remote. I could still be home yeah. with him and nurse him. And I think I pumped twice within his first year, maybe three times. And that was only because I was in a wedding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I had to, but 
other than that, like it was great being home with him that first year. And I mean, he had, um, you know, lip tie and tongue tie. Like we kind of struggled in the beginning because of that kind of stuff. Um, but I was actually waiting to take my exam to become an IBCLC because, you know, COVID that got pushed back, but I already had all of the information. And so I knew ways to help with that. And so once we got past the initial parts of that, I mean, my, my pregnancy and birth were completely different because I was at home. I wasn't like at a stressful job. We weren't having to go into the office. And so all of that was significantly better. Like no NICU this time. I got to do the golden hour and nurse him right after delivery and go home and not be attached to a pump. And then when I came back to work, literally like two weeks after he turned a year old and he went to daycare, we didn't have to worry about bottles. I still did pump for a while to send him some breast milk because he there was no reason to give him cow's milk, really. He didn't like it and he was okay with breast milk. So that's what we did. And it was like a breath of fresh air. And um, I don't wish for like another pandemic or anything, but I wish like even if moms can't take a year off, like, can we do some remote work like, and be home with our babies? You know, like, would that be so hard now that a lot of businesses had to do that during the pandemic, you know? So it was just, it was completely different. And I'm thankful I got to be with him all of that time because I didn't really have struggles this time. And it, I believe it's because I didn't have to worry about pumping at work or how much milk I was sending to daycare or pace bottle feeding or any of that we just got to kind of bypass all of that and he just got to nurse directly and it was amazing our time that we spent in europe really opened my eyes to the like maternity leave system in other countries and how terrible it really is moms get to stay home a year two years they still get paid you know by the government i mean their taxes are higher to accommodate stuff like that yeah but they they just don't have these problems and staying home for a year with your baby is amazing. And if you want more breastfed babies in the country, you have to provide that to lactating parents like you just do. So I'm right with you. I did want to ask you, did you find it? Did you have someone watching and caring for your baby while you worked at home or were you doing that as well as working? I did that for it did get more difficult towards the end when he was like walking and very active um, but up until then, you know, I had my working space where he was and, um, you know, for the first few months that I was actually working, I mean, he couldn't go anywhere. So, like, mm -hmm. you know, we would, I was able to do contact naps while I was like doing stuff on the computer or having zoom meetings, because again, like my boss and my whole team are, were very supportive. And then they were just like, Yes, if you don't show the baby in the meeting, we're going to be mad, actually. So, um, oh, you know, I could do the contact naps. I could wear him around the house while I was doing things. And um, I can take phone calls, you know, and I would just kind of group things together. Like while he was napping, I would do certain things that I couldn't do while he was awake. Um, but once he started, you know, like crawling and climbing and walking, it became a little bit more of a challenge. And so I had to get creative with, you know, I got him a little baby enclosure yeah. mm -hmm. with boys to keep him occupied and some music for him. Um, but yeah, at that one year mark, I was like, okay, we're, <laughs> we're going to have to sure. yeah. figure out some childcare. And, um, but I 
sent him to the daycare that my daughter went to until she went to pre-K and he loves it there. He loves interacting with other kids, um, but it was really nice to have that first year. Like I wish everyone could experience that. That's really cool. I, I recently put my, well, not recently earlier, well, maybe nine months ago, put my little two-year-old in uh, childcare because I work from home and it just was yeah. too difficult. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I can't do this. And honestly, he loves it. And I love it. It's just like better for everybody. But I've always wondered, it's tricky to work at home with a baby that you're still caring for. Some of the moms yeah. in my program have like a nanny or in-home care where they don't have to pump as much because someone can just bring them the baby when the baby's hungry yeah. and then take the baby again after the feeding. Um, so yeah. that's kind of a cool setup too, but good for you for making it work all on your own. And that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. There were, there were challenging days where I was like, oh man, we got to, but I mean, you know, again, during that time, it was just kind of like the daycare was closed for a lot of that year. So things were still closed. Yeah. And so like, I didn't really have a choice at first. And then when they opened back up, I was like, oh, we've, we've got this. We've been, like, we've been doing this for a while now, but yeah, after that one year to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But after the one year mark where he was walking and, you know, they need a thousand percent of your attention and, you know, want to interact with you. I was like, we really need to figure something out, but he loves it. And he loves being around other kids. Um, so it was a lot less stressful sending him to daycare at a year old too, versus my tiny little oh, yeah. month old baby. <laughs> um, so yeah, I am I'm not thankful for why I got to do that, but I am very thankful that I got to do that with him. It was a much better experience. Yeah, my <clears throat> my third baby was born August 2020. So just a month after year. So again, hi to COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just kind of madness around that. But we did get a lot of time home together which was really cool yeah so you pumped early with your first in the NICU and then back to work so you started probably earlier than you thought do you think having taken like a breastfeeding class or something would have helped you in that or do you think it was just it's better to learn on the fly and <laughs> and go from there I I would 100% recommend even if you don't know how you're going to feed your baby, if you haven't made that decision, at least take a class because there is so much to like breastfeeding and especially those first few days. Oh my gosh. Like I spend more time on that talking to um, clients about like, because they're like, my baby's starving, you know, like even if it's just to cover like the first two weeks, like, take a class. It'll make it easier. Make sure the class covers pumping. Cause I mean, like I didn't, I know there's instructions in the pump, but like, I didn't even know how to put the pump together. And I was so like stressed out, like overwhelmed, like first baby, she came very unexpectedly in the NICU. And now I'm trying to like figure all of this out. Like, um, so yeah, he's the one that put that together for me. He would help me like wash and sterilize everything. And, um, for the few days that we were discharged and had to go back and forth to the hospital because um, we live close enough to the hospital where like I wouldn't just send milk and then stay at home for a couple of feedings. I would go every single time. So, I mean, throughout the night, I was getting up every two and a half hours to pump, take her the milk, spend some time with her and come back home. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think you're also getting 
instructions on how to take care of yourself because you're also like wearing a diaper when you leave the hospital. Um, And so you're getting all of these instructions on yourself and your baby, and then you're learning something new. And so I just think it would have been way less stressful if I already kind of had the upper hand and knew like, yeah, you're only going to get a little bit of, you know, colostrum at first. And if you're having to pump that out, like get a syringe and suck it off of the thing or, you know, um, hand express. I had no idea what hand expression was like. um, So I definitely recommend a class, even if you're not set on breastfeeding. I just think it, it opens your eyes to a lot more stuff. And you're like, wow, I had no idea this was even a thing. Like, I wish I would have taken one. I like how you phrase that. It kind of gives you like an upper hand. I, I like to use the analogy of trying to learn how to ride a bike before you actually get your bike. Like it doesn't make a lot of sense because you've never like touched a bike before, but at least knowing like how it works and the general concepts, when you finally get that little baby in your arms, you kind of at least know some of the basics. You're not like totally deer in the headlights with that. And I think the same goes for pumping. Unfortunately, there's not a ton of pumping information yeah. out there and you know because you're recently trained as an ibclc you don't get instruction on pumping like no. <laughs> lcs are breastfeeding experts and so to find someone with pumping either personal experience or experience working with clients can be tricky but especially before you go back to work i don't i know i don't know where your clients come from but i tend to get a, a mixture of some coming before they go back to work and then some coming to me after when stuff is like crashing and burning hard um and i always prefer the ones that pop in a little like on their maternity leave because at least we yeah. can get the basics and you might not have to crash and burn like a lot of pumping working moms do it's hard even if you got it at home, pumping at work is different. Like you mentioned, like maybe you're on the clock and you're stressed. Yeah. You don't think about certain things until you get there and you're like, oh my gosh, I forgot a pump part. What do I do? Like, oh my gosh, I wore the wrong, like I wore a dress today and I'll have to get completely naked in this office. Like my schedule is totally different and I I can't fit it in, in these meetings. How do I adjust for the day? I don't know. It's a lot. I've learned, which, you know, I had my own personal experience, which has helped um, in my career as a lactation consultant, but I, you're not really trained a whole lot on pumping to be a lactation consultant, you know, and I took like a deep dive into pumps this last year or so when I opened my practice, because, you know, that's a large part of it is working moms, you know, or that have to pump at some point. And then you're kind of going up against like social media and people showing these huge freezer stashes. And they're like, I don't make that much milk. And I'm like, let's have a talk. (laughs) You do not need that much milk. Like that is great for them, but that is not, you know, that's not, um, it may be common, but it's not like quote unquote normal, you know, like you're supposed, your body is supposed to make what your baby needs, not a huge amount to fill a deep freezer in your garage, you know? Um, so that's another thing I battle a lot is how do I make that much milk? And I'm like, look, here's, let's work on a pumping plan so that you can slowly save up just the milk that you need and learning about different pumps and how to size flanges and like, people don't know that. I didn't know that as a lactation consultant. And then you get into this field and you're like, wow, okay. Yes. I need to figure this out. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, because your lactate, if someone has problems with lactation, they go to a lactation consultant. Like there's nobody that is appropriately trained on pumping, but so many moms are doing this. Like everyone's getting a breast pump from their insurance for the most part. And we have tons of working moms. Um, It just, almost everybody is using a pump. I saw a statistic the other day, I can't even remember, but it was like 80%. 85 percent or something use a pump at some point yeah. in their breastfeeding journey i'm right. like that yeah. sounds right yeah well yeah and so i'm taking a deep dive on that because i had my own personal knowledge but i also had only used one kind of pump like so yeah. oh all these other pumps and so that's what i've really been using my continuing education on this year <laughs> that's awesome yeah i see that a lot on instagram too like i you know, I follow lots of moms who are like pumping experts, sharing stuff on pumping and stuff. But sometimes I'm like, oh man, you really are basing this on your one particular experience yeah. and not like the the vast array of normal that we see yeah. from lactating moms. So yeah. I think, you know, just be cautious of who you follow. I follow them all too. And I love them. They make hilarious reels and they post, you know, stuff like tips and tricks. And I'm like, that's a great idea. But yeah. also just, you know, be cautious of sometimes when you get untrained people sharing tips and stuff which honestly is a lot of lcs too because we don't get any training on pumping um you know take everything with a grain of salt and and use your own mother's intuition to is this gonna work for me does this make sense in my life and kind of in that lens that too because then you see people like oh i don't like um i don't pump that much out of and i'm like it's okay. Is it your, your supply is probably fine. Like everyone's like different. And this is just a snapshot of their day also. And yeah, so you see them like comparing themselves to this one person and the person's got like a million followers and I'm like, Oh no. (laughs) Which is uh, great. I love to see so much more like awareness and support for the variety of ways that we're feeding breast milk to our children. Like, I think it's a wonderful thing, but I think, you know, don't get sucked into that one thing that you saw from a mom who did this once or twice herself yeah, and be like, or a lactation consultant who does mostly breastfeeding stuff, you know, like even me, sometimes I post stuff and I'm like, if this doesn't work in your life or with your situation, (laughs) this is not like the gold standard, you know, like just, it's just an idea. Yeah. And in, in my uh, caption, I always put a disclaimer, like everyone is different. And if this is not working for you and you have any questions, please reach out because right. like it's every mom and baby is so different and you don't really realize that unless you're working in this field and you're like, oh, okay, this isn't going to work for you. Let's try this. I know it sounds um, so cliche to say that, but once you're I, in the field, you're like, but we mean it. Like <laughs> it's not <laughs> the same. Yeah, exactly. I know social media is a blessing and a curse sometimes, but I do enjoy, I have learned a lot of things. Um, and then I've come across a lot of things and I'm like, oh, that's not entirely correct. But um, I have learned quite a few hacks that I've been able to share with clients. And I'm like, yeah, yeah we're not off of TikTok. Those <laughs> are my favorite too. And I'm like, that's a good idea. I did not think about yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. Well, as we kind of wrap up our chat today, is there anything you'd kind of, you'd like to leave for you know, specifically working moms who are combining breastfeeding and pumping, any advice or words of wisdom or just anything at all? Yeah. Um, I know it's hard if you're having to pump and send milk for your baby, if you're not getting what your baby needs to take, but, and it sounds very cliche, um, 
but your worth is not determined by how much smoke you make. And, um, you know, reach out. There's people out there that there's professionals out there that can help you, um, that are trained in this, but yeah, your, your worth is not how much you're pumping out. And if something's not working, um, there are people out there that can help you or if you just need support um, and no judgment because we're moms too. And we've likely been through something, some kind of hurdle. Um, but yeah, I think we get stuck on our, on our plans and things that we want. And it's really hard um, not to use the word failure with a lot of things. Um, so yeah, just, Try not to get so caught up in the ounces um, and reach out when you need it. There's tons of help out there, tons of professionals um, like us who can help and um, or even just give you reassurance if you feel like something's not working and don't be afraid to pivot. Like you mentioned, there's a million ways to feed your baby now and there's not just one like right way. There's all kinds of combinations that you can do. So we're here. (laughs) I love it. It's there's someone and find someone that does what you do. You know what I mean? Find someone that if you're in the NICU, those IBCLCs at the hospital probably can help you really well. They do this all day, every day, you know, (laughs) so reach out to them Um, (laughs) a little bit later on. Those those ones that do home visits and things like that are great because they're dealing with those issues a little bit later on. And do you need some help with pumping? Find someone that has experience in pumping and ask them like, I think you should be asking your your professionals, do you have experience in this? Do you do this often? Absolutely. Not just like an extra thing that you say, like, I do everything, you know, find someone that does specifically what you need. And don't mm-hmm. be afraid to kind of shop around. COVID did was terrible, but it also really opened our eyes to the virtual world. You can find what you need, yeah. even if it's not in your area, you know? No, you're right. Definitely like some, you know, lactation consultants are not going to be for you. And it's okay to say, Hey, this isn't working. Let me, and, um, like, I'm not afraid to be like, you know, I'm not super strong in this area, but I have a list of other lactation. So do I same thing. And I'm not (laughs) afraid, you know, and I feel like most of us are like that. Like, Hey, we're not just trying to like keep all the clients for ourselves. Like, no, you need help with this. This is not my strong suit. So let me get you to someone who I know can help you because this is what they really dig into every day. So that's great. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your chat today, Bethany. Um, I will put links to connect with both of us down in the chat. So anyone listening can find you and I there and you just kind of see if this resonated with you or something you're like, that's the thing I needed and you want more help, uh, reach out to either of us. We're, we're here. I love this community and I love it when I find professionals that are also you know recent moms and can really speak to both sides of the coin. So thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you for having me.